captain of Ingog. Akiva's faces his job in GOG with Keeve and Ellie and Zooey. This could be the podcast. Okay, go ahead. No, I'm saying, are we starting? Yeah. (laughs) So my gap year, um, they wake you up. They want you to go to uh, um, uh, like morning prayer services. And so the, the like a rabbi's job was to wake you up. And he said at the end of the year, it was probably like the ninth or tenth year of the school, like a hundred guys a year. He said it was the hardest person in the history of the school to wake up. I've talked about my dad's methods for waking me up. Yeah. Uh, but I would like to know now, 20 plus years later, uh, am I still the king? Am I still the hardest to wake up? Well, what I'd would he do? Would he, would he shake you? I think he would just like not be successful. Wh- like their methods in general were... Um, we had, uh, speakers in like, uh, for, for, because the school, it's hard to explain, but the school was basically like one dormitory, like circular dormitory. And like they had speakers in every dorm room. And so they could blast horrible music basically to make you leave the dorms, which is pretty smart. With like very, very loud music, but I would, I would sleep through it. But we had like a, (laughs) like my dorm room had like a, you know, you share a bathroom with like a second dorm room. And so, like, my four and the other four, there was a guy in there who, like, broke our speakers for us <laughs> one day. Like, he was, like, uh, he came in and he, like, disabled his and ours. And, like, all right, everybody back to sleep. But one <laughs> thing he would do was um, he'd squirt us with water guns. Because, like, then you're wet in bed and you have to get out of bed. You're, like, so uncomfortable. And people would obviously complain to him. And he'd say, like, you're complaining? I'm, like, a 30-year-old man. You know, like with a wife and kids who has to walk through the streets to work holding a water gun to like get you clowns out of bed. Um, so, you know, I hear both sides. I do like the version of this, which I don't think is true. But you said uh, y- you said there was a rabbi whose job it was to wake us up. I like the version where his only job, <laughs> his only job is, yeah, is no, waking you up. His family up. like this owns the, the school. The wake up it's, rabbi. Yeah. <laughs> bunch of brothers that like run the school and he's one of them it wasn't his own job but that would be very funny i'd assume (laughs) he has long since passed that job off but uh it was it was really uh such an honor that i was well the 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 big one i i I did was on one of the high holidays on rosh hashanah um i guess he assumed like well they're all gonna get up and i slept till like 10 30 and it started at eight uh so that was a bad one i once my worst oversleep and I, I I hate doing it. Like I, I do it quite a bit. Is I had like a an event at law school like orientation, and it was like the service day, and we like took bus to like do a service project, and I woke up two hours after the bus left. So then I I, well, I called I I called my mommy hysterically crying. I was so upset and embarrassed because. Apparently, people would later tell me they were saying my name eight times on each bus, like trying to see if I was there. So, like, mm. my entire law school class knew I wasn't there. But I, I ended up taking a cab there, and it was fine. But uh, my dad would would hit me with a cold hand on the back. He wouldn't hit me. He would he would put a freezing cold hand on my back to wake me up when I was a kid, and it was very unpleasant. Yeah. I think I've mentioned what my job. dad what my dad did before. 
with the chair. I'm sure we've both mentioned it, but honestly, I didn't want it to go. I would have had to alley from the editing room like last week when you said that I'm a big mafia person. Mm-hmm. It that sounds fine now, but listening back, it's like you said I'm a big mafia person. People don't have the context. Here I said, I told you what my dad used to do, right? You were like, yes, and I kept walking. Could have been, I didn't want people to think it was worse. Like, he'd come in with a cane or something and hit me with it. Same. No, I don't think anyone would think it. No, I have <laughs> I a giant green chair in my room, like a swivelly big green chair. And I would, like, wake up in the morning, like, all right, just, like, all right, you're going to go back to bed. I know, like, just go to the bathroom when you wake up. So I'd, like, go pee, and he would um, put the green chair on my bed. So I could. I was like too tired and lazy to like take the green chair off off the bed. Um, I don't know if I've heard that one. And but often I would fall asleep on the floor at that point. Like I just go back <laughs> to sleep. Or he like you know what he he would say you have to shower. You have to shower um, for school. Like go now. Uh, and then yeah. So then I do it. So I would like go back. So I'd fall asleep. I remember falling asleep a bunch of times in my towel on the floor. It's hard to falling asleep. And I could. Fa- I, I, it seems like we're very similar. I'm a very heavy sleeper. I can sleep through anything. My uncle used to say I could sh- I could sleep strapped to the top of a moving train, and I could fall asleep anywhere. And uh, but right after a shower is probably would be I could do it, but that would give me the most difficulty because the shower invigorates you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this was right. this was like this was like a punishment. Actually... It's like you can't sleep anymore after you go in the shower. It's like all right, I'm not being invigorated. Yeah, no, but this. to sleep after that is tough. I, uh, for some, for the I week, guess. I guess, not yeah. for you. But that being said, because we were talking a little before we got on about how like <laughs> like when negative we, one second <laughs> when we when we when we um when we wake up, like even though I'm a very heavy sleeper, and even though now I wake up pretty late for an adult because i'm more of a come in late leave late person uh from work um so i, I like won't get out of bed till seven fifty now which is i think pretty late for the average person who has five children oh and, and a big commute and a big commute correct but i'm not getting until after 10 and it's also based on traffic and um and train times and stuff uh so i I like I can do it, and even that is hard for me. Like there, there was at least one day this week I overslept. But also, when I was a teacher and I did a reverse commute from uh, Manhattan to Long Island, I set my alarm for like five oh eight every day, and I got up on my own without waking my wife and stuff. You know, like I can do it. I think anybody can do it. But even though I'm a very heavy sleeper, um, it is possible to like change on a dime. I would never want to go back to that. But what are you going to do? Yeah, it's, it's funny. I mean, I think in the pandemic, like the working from home model changed everything. And also working in a law firm for a while kind of changed the vibe for me because it's the same culture you're describing. Like People usually get in around 10 or because it's like whenever I get in, I'm going to have to stay as long as I have to stay. So I might as well get in like the savor s- some semblance of the morning or more likely it's like you had to get up because it's a remote environment you were already working at home and there was just like mm-hmm. no time to transition in so there were many days where i'd get at noon or one but everyone just knows you're always working so it's not that stressful now i get in like at nine i'm like wow this does feel different not like oh i i couldn't wake up like i was always working around that time anyway but just like it's a definitely a different vibe to have like a true nine o'clock start um kiwi i want to tell you something Okay, yes. Uh, I'm wearing my Jason Kelsey shirt. Oh, nice. For the occasion. I love it. 
This is my new favorite shirt. Well, Can, second favorite shirt. Do you ever do? Do we ever put things in the show notes? Can you include uh, a picture of the shirt in the show notes? Mm, feels like a lot of work for me. Okay, fine. That's more of an Alex thing. Well, I'll say this: our entire system is changing with Anchor or Spotify for podcasters. So I'm gonna have to learn a new way to edit, to put together. Oh, the so show this is—is is this our last? We're, we've been on TriCast. No, for no. What? You stay on TriCast, but what you don't know afterwards is that yes. then I edit on TriCast, mm-hmm. and then I go to Anch- what used to be Anchor, which is now Spotify for Podcasters, and I drop in the, see ya, what do you want to be ya? It's too early for me to mm-hmm. do a Yosef voice. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> um, and the theme and the outro and all of that, I have all those clips. That's going away. I've got to download those clips now before I think June it goes away or sooner. Mm-hmm. I hope I don't lose them. And then uh, you'd think this is the problem with me. Last week when we did the episode, I saw it. And you'd think I'd immediately download those clips. And I was like, oh, well, I have an outside date. I'll get back to this later. Mm-hmm. That's a future me problem. Yes. But uh, for all I know, we could have never recorded this. and It could have been six months later and I would have lost everything. Wow. You would have had to do a new Sia with with Shy probably. That would be Yosef very hard to do an with adult man Yosef. Now. Yes, I don't know about an adult, but uh, he's draining threes. I was just playing. We we got a we got a basketball court. He's draining um, threes. We, we my wife like because we have we had way too much stuff, and I I wanted us to have less stuff, but not only um, did we get more stuff. Like her mother brought a lift, which is like when you basically bring all your uh be- put all your belongings on a ship. And um, and like ship it there. So like, how do you move if let's say you're going to move from, you know, countries, you want to move to Europe or something like how do you get your stuff? You can't just pack like 12 bags and put them on American Airlines and voila. But if you want to move your couches or something. So, yeah, you put like everything you own in a 20 foot lift, a 40 foot lift. I don't know more of whatever, uh, which, you know, and they and they put it on a ship and then uh, eventually in a couple months it gets there. So. Her mother got one, but these people are very into, like, having more stuff. So, they... Sorry, you're, yeah. are your in-laws moving, or they just they, wanted to they bring moved. you a No, lot? they moved. They moved. Her mother. Her mother and her husband moved. I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exciting. So Yeah, sure. Of course. Everyone wants their mother-in-law. It's like, everyone wants to live in Everybody <laughs> Loves Raymond. Um, no, maybe though your mother, who is King the primary caretaker for five children, is interested in having her mother-in-law. Now I know you called her my mother, but I think you meant my wife. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm in the Kiwi spot. Maybe you're right mixing now. up, mixing up. Role. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> um, now so. you called her my mother. That's a funny yeah. way to say it. So, um, <laughs> so we, so she's like, "Hey, we're gonna get more stuff," but. Her brother had like order a washer dryer and it never came, so it was like sitting there for six months, and and then she's like, "Hey, it's gonna it just shipped," and I'm like, "But what about the Houthis? Aren't they like stopping ships? They're like shooting at all the ships. What you know? What's gonna happen?" But it's like, "No, they, it goes a different way. That's that's not for that's only for like cars or something. They're actually not affecting uh, this country at all. Only other countries for some reason. Um, mm. So." So, like, part of me was rooting for, like, the, sh- you know, the sh- like, the, the missiles to hit our, our stuff or something. Like, I didn't, we don't need more stuff. Um, but it came. <laughs> I don't know if you want to have said that. No, probably not. <laughs> uh, but it, the stuff came. 
So, like, now it's like we just moved again, even though we've been here for in this new house for 11 months. Like, I've got boxes. She's like, oh, everyone got new beds. I was like, who's paying for this? Everyone got new beds. Um, <laughs> she's like, but your bed is like, uh, you know, like our, like uh, my daughter, like your, your bed was so too small. And I was like, this is going to take up the whole room. Anyway, everyone got new beds. The boys got a big trampoline. All right, congratulations to them. Um, How much bed do you guys have? We have, uh, we have. Um, I mean, you don't need that much space, I guess, for trampoline. You just need a backyard. But um, I guess that you know what we you're have, right. I'm just in an apartment, so I'm just like, whoa. Yeah, well, you so know, are like, we. <laughs> so we're, I mean, during COVID, we could literally couldn't leave our front door. So like, I've definitely been there, you know. Um, but we have we 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 have like uh, basically a backyard and a side yard, like you know, like nice. square around the house. So and and like one so side is a prime a dog territory. Don't say that out loud. Don't like mm, put that into I the said world. It. Oh, it's in the, I mean, it's well, in her the mother, honestly, if they really want to deal with the dog, her mother has a dog and I'm sure would be happy for some, you know, dog walking or help or whatever. But they don't seem so interested. Do they I, ask I, for a dog? Yeah, they would want one, uh, but they would not contribute. Like they would say they wanted one, but they wouldn't actually be helpful. They you meaning your boys because the girls the kids. are adults. Well, I don't think my wife said this yesterday. Also, it's like, the, you know, the adults are this and the, but the boys are. It's like, well, I don't even think the high, like Ella, who's 18, is in high school, is an adult. But certainly the ninth grader is not an adult. But, they, I mean, she would say her, her, her friend's dad said that her, you know, her friend asked for a dog. They got a dog. She said she'd take care of it. And she walks it every day for 10 minutes. But the dog needs to be walked for an hour a day. So, like, he has to do 50 minutes a day. I, I'm, like, at max capacity, I feel like. I mean, you know, I got a job, a long commute. I got five kids, three podcasts, like. We got we have stuff to do around the house like that is never going to get done. We can't add more into the mix. Like a dog it takes but do, you know gives but uh, it takes but doesn't give at all. Like it is only well, uh, sometimes people feel like the love of the dog is, is something. Eh, I don't believe in that love or anything <laughs> like that. So you, you know what's funny is you did admit on this podcast that you don't wake up until 7:50. So, you know, you accidentally left a little room there to, to do an AM dog walk. Oh my God! Whoa, what? what I'm my gonna life take would that out. Like. I, it would be terrible. Um. Anyway, so um, they so one of the things we got was like a, a big basketball hoop. I guess he can't get them here. I don't know because a, a huge basketball, like a you know a, like a regular nice basketball hoop from America. Um. So uh, I was just outside. They were you know draining threes and uh, picking up. We put it to eight feet, and I would pick up Shy so he could dunk. He thought it was the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> so, um, but also like because I could dunk on eight feet, my kids like probably think like they've never thought I was more athletic. You know, is it is it a read to tell you I'm surprised you could dunk on eight feet? Well, I didn't measure it. Maybe it's seven and a half feet. Who knows? Is like, it I, eight feet? Is it measured to the hoop or to the to the top of the? I was just. It's like clearly not ten feet. So I'm just guessing. Maybe it's maybe it's not. <laughs> Maybe it's not even for, for you to jump two feet in the air is pretty impressive. So maybe it's seven feet. Maybe it's maybe it's five ten. I didn't have to jump. Uh, we can measure it. I can ask my wife to. No, to no. Feel, feel. You know, this is what this is what dad mode is supposed to be: impressing your kids doing average to unimpressive things. Mm -hmm. Soak it up. Um, all right, let's talk about this episode. Yesterday mm -hmm. I saw Jacob Jones, and he said, what's NGOG about? I said, nothing really. Uh, but this week we... But did he not know that it's about the television show New Girl? Uh, 
I think he generally understood the concept that it was supposed to be. He was like, what is it like? Gen X dad, millennial, like, kid. I was like, we're both millennials, but. <laughs> sure. Oh, thank you. That's a nice thing anyone said. Yeah. Actually, I didn't say that. I just said, like, I know, right? It's so old. That's what uh, said. So old. Um, all right. Season five, episode two, mm. Landing Gear Kiev. Looks like we made it. Never thought I'd see the day we'd get to the end of season five. It was looking a little touch and go for a while. It is, yeah, this is impressive. We only have one more full season left. And then, the you know, the epilogue, the. What do they call it in Broadway when there's like a little piece? Is there is there ever like a little piece, like Act Three or something? A little piece. I think is they th- call it the little piece. The little I piece. That's, that's the Broadway. The no, it's really more of a concert, like the encore. <laughs> the seven, season seven sounds like it's the, the encore. The little piece. I'm seeing a play tonight. I wonder if there will be a little piece after. Ask them. <laughs> yeah, like, do you ever do you ever stage door and say like the little piece was great? Yeah, I yeah. Love your I, little I piece. will now. I love the. Little do you piece. ever stage door? I feel like I've talked about this maybe, but my mother and my dad, but now just my mom, loves the stage door. Like, mm-hmm. I got her tickets to see Cabaret. Uh, file that under something I don't want to go to. I don't need to be confronted by Nazis in the theater, you know, right mm-hmm. now or ever, yeah. but certainly not right now. Anyway. Yeah. I didn't know what Cabaret was about, was about, so I'll take your word for it that it's about Nazis. It's 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 like a German cabaret in World War Two times. It's not good. It's not good. Uh, well, the sh- I mean the show's fine. World War Two not great. So, I uh, I got her tickets to that on a night where she could stay over because her friends like to go home, or if she's going home, they don't factor in the stage door, and she it like ruins the show for her if she doesn't get to do the stage door. Wow. Um, but she's so mortifying and embarrassing because she's like so obsessed with celebrity. She'll my dad. Their mode used to be my dad would tell my mom everything that they had seen the person who was coming out in, and then my mom would nod. A person would come out. My dad would like nudge her, like, "Yeah, that's the guy." And then she'd be like, "We loved you and Sweeney Todd and this and that." Mm-hmm. And she previously had no recollection of the person. Right. That happened, we saw, the Sweeney Todd example, we saw Victor Garber in, oh, we went to see um, uh, a one-woman show in Chicago on Mother's Day, just me, my mom, and my grandma. Mm-hmm. Sounds and like a, Vic- a three-woman show, but keep going. <laughs> yeah, we were, the audience was multiple women, and Victor Garber was there, you know Victor mm-hmm. Garber? Sure, yeah. From Alias? And yes, speaking of Jen, oh, it all comes back to Jen Garner, it's it's one, one degree of separation from Jen Garner. Um... My dad, my mom calls my dad. My dad then tells her everything they've seen him in. Then she walks over to him and delivers that information. Mm. Anyway, I, from as a child, was mortified by the whole thing. We went to see seminar with Alan Rickman and a a girlie who was went to Northwestern. We only knew that from the playbill. Mm-hmm. That's something for my dad to talk to her about. Nice. And then he goes, you know. On stage, when you drop the book, was that? Did you mean to do that, or is that a? Po- I'm like, get me out of here! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't take it. But you'd never walk away because, like, when my dad oh, has embarrassing I conversations, so far away. Gotta I, walk away. I'm, I don't know this guy. I'm across the street. Ma'am, is this guy giving you a problem? Like, turn <laughs> and go the other way. <laughs> well, my new thing now is when my mom is like on one. I I kind of count. I'm like all right mom enough thank you very much like i'm like it's like my child like oh that's so crazy that she said that to you but you know what she has fun we actually went to see something that um 
You an SNL person now? No, right? I, I watch. I don't watch like a full episode every week now, but I'll usually like go. I'll see like oh they'll post something from their Twitter that'll make it to my timeline. Then I'll like check out two or three sketches. A week. Let me see what this guy's name is. So my mom loves SNL. Uh, no surprise. <laughs> and there's a guy who left SNL last year, Alex Moffat, and he's yes. been kind of on the Broadway scene. He was in okay. a show with um. Eric McCormick and whatever. And then he did this like one night thing I brought my mom to. And it was cool. It was like a cabaret, not the show cabaret, but like a cabaret seating vibe. So like the actors afterwards are just like around. Mm -hmm. So this was a perfect setup because my mom had to go up to him and I was like, great. I will be opposite the entire room. I won't know you. It'll be fine. She goes, but who's going to take our picture? Anyway, my mother ends up asking somebody else in the show to take a picture for her and Alex Moffat. Like, all right, whatever. Right. Can I ask you a you're question? Not, so yeah, please. You, you, all right, you're talking Broadway. I don't know why, but I was like, "What's on Broadway now?" And I went to this website. Well, because you're bored with my story. This is why I end up cutting out all of my. No, no, your story was good. Your story was good. Mm. Um, mm. I'm gonna. Um, all right, I'm gonna just name a show. You tell me if you've seen it or not. Okay, rapid okay. fire. Uh, well, we're we're really in a um, transitional phase where last year's shows are winding down and. New season okay. shows are opening or in previews. Well, some of these are the long-running favorites in new blockbusters, according okay. to this website. Hamilton, yes, you've seen. Oh, I thought you were going to the next well, one. Uh, Kimberly Akimbo. Uh, yes. Six, the musical. Yes. Wicked. Yes. Book of Mormon. Yes. Chicago. Yes. Moulin Rouge. Yes. Aladdin. Yes. Hadestown. Yeah, Hades, yes. Hadestown. Uh, Lion King. Yes. MJ the musical. No, hardest ticket on Broadway. Would you really? believe that? It's never, actually not the most expensive discounted. one on this one. Wow. Never discounted, never on the TKTS board. It's like there's three shows that never hit that board and it's mm -hmm. that's not my only method, but like anyone wants to talk to me about getting tickets to New York, I love talking about it. But Wicked, Lion King, and MJ the musical. Almost at capacity all the time. Mm -hmm. Isn't that they, wild? That is I would have thought that flop because like, you know, MJ, but mm -hmm. People can separate the art from the artist. I, I guess they can. Uh, Days of Wine and Roses. Uh, I saw it off Broadway, but with the cast. The Notebook. That's new. See, I haven't seen it. Tommy. In previews. That's in previews. I don't mm -hmm. even think that's opened yet. Uh, Olympic. Maybe, maybe it just has. No, that's also a new. Those right, are so all must the, be new the new season. Spam a lot. Yes. Great Gatsby. Uh, I saw it in New Jersey. Merrily We Roll. Yes. Back to the Future. I'm editing this out. This sounds so bad. This, yes. No, it's great. You've seen every single Broadway <laughs> show. Keep it in. Uh, Back to the Future, yes, right? Um, mm -hmm. uh, a Beautiful Noise. Uh, Neil no, I did not make it to the Neil Diamond musical. just announced it's closing, and my mom texted me, finally. <laughs> but people uh, who like Neil Diamond enjoyed it, apparently. Um, the, the Hearts of Rock and Roll. That's that. I think Tommy Bracco is going to be in. That's like Huey Lewis in the news. Is that wh is that even selling for now? I don't think that's. Ah, you're right. It doesn't have cause that. And the Wiz don't even have a price. You're right. You're right. You're right. But I cannot wait to see the Wiz. I'm salivating to see the Wiz. That's Ju great. Juliet. And Juliet, yeah. Uh, and then I think the rest of these are uh, prayers for the French Republic. Doesn't, it doesn't so that's that's a three hour play about anti-Semitism. You're not going to go. I I did not go, but. My mom's temple friends loved it. 
I, I honestly, if I would have seen it on probably like September Taylor one, the they're probably the the core demo is like your mom's Temple Friends. I would say. Yeah, but I would have seen that on um, October sixth, twenty twenty three. Right. <laughs> I'm not sitting through that right now. Uh, in the last couple, appropriate. These must be yeah, more fabulous. Like the that's incredible. Yeah, these are. But well, this is very expensive. This must be a small theater. The cheapest so, ticket here is much more expensive than any other one. So, so it's because Sarah Paulson's in it, and it's like um, this is. I went and I saw Demi Moore in my row. I sat four seats from Demi Moore. It's like a mm -hmm. big celebrity event. Mm -hmm. Um. But here's what I did for that. It's extending. People should see Appropriate. This is We should just do a Broadway podcast. Appropriate, I want to see it again. It's one of the best plays I've ever seen. I absolutely loved it. I'm missing mm -hmm. seeing it tonight on my recommendation. And because tickets were, to even be in the room, it's $200. So I, joined, I, I got a subscription to that theater second stage, which I have had before, and they do really, really good stuff. And they, it's two Broadway shows and two off-Broadway shows. So I got a subscription for four shows for pretty much a little more than the price of one ticket to Appropriate. I sat fifth row center at Appropriate in like a $400 seat, and now I'm seeing three more shows. Nice. Um, that's a, come on, that's good. That's a good that's tip great. for anyone who needs this. Good bargain. I'm sure the Jude was proud about that. Um, well, the Jude's thrilled because she's coming to the other Broadway show with me because can, you yo, can you also get, get discounted seats? tickets. You can pay for a subscriber rate for another one. So got she's it. seeing Jessica Lang and Jim Parsons with me. Mm -hmm. And then we got a uh, mother play. Yeah, so that's the mother play, which is about like an overbearing mother. And I'm taking my mom to that for Mother's that's Day. Funny. And she's like, I'm not going to like this. <laughs> so I'm like, I bet. <laughs> yeah, people don't often like to see a mirror held up to them on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Doubt? No, I'm, I love Liam Schreiber a lot. but The voice of Hard Knocks. I don't know that I need to. That's what I know him from the most. But I, what do you mean? He no, doesn't look he really? like I thought he like these days. Like that, he still looks like. Really, I feel like he looks very the same as he did ten years ago. Um, maybe I. The poster him. for Doubt is like washed with like a dark color, right? Isn't it? Uh, Amy Ryan and him, and it's like yellow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think oh, and I'm, then last thing, there's a Jeremy. If I got a free ticket to Doubt. I would go. Jeremy Strong, Michael Imperioli show, An Enemy of the People. Oh, I just read about that, but yeah, no, I'm not from. I have not seen that. Okay, so very. That's impressive. about um. Wait, that's about something. What's that about? That's about. No, something it's the Hen like it's the Henrik Ibsen play from the 1800s. I think I had to read yeah, it but it's in school. It's about something. What's about? It's about like a journalist who uncovers like uh, uh, that the like, water's contaminated and they um and everyone turns on it. Okay, Assuming that's it's not the, same the show story. I was talking about. But yeah, you're right. Spa Bath. Maybe yeah. I will see that. I'm an I like Ibsen. I know like three things. All right. Well, that makes me seem. Uh, I don't Very know what worldly. that makes me seem. No, it's good. I'm no, I'm. If anyone wants to talk discounted Broadway tickets, <laughs> I'm thrilled. At lash tubes. It's one of my major hobbies because I don't. I didn't pay other than appropriate, which I don't even. I didn't even pay full price for because I got around it via the subscription. I uh, discount central on that whole list. All right. But also a lot's about to open. You ever read the book Water for Elephants in your Shabbos reading? Uh, I'm familiar with the book, but I've never read it. Or The Outsiders. Both of those come into Broadway as musicals. The Outsiders like the old Jewish book? Is it a Jewish book? I would consider it the old middle school required reading book. No, I'm mixing up the uh, – there's a, there's a Jewish The Outsiders. Not th the, this is the movie The Outsiders one. <laughs> the Jewish outsiders are all of us. Yeah. No, this is this is the France. This is the 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 uh, 
Brat Pack movie with by Francis yeah, Ford the, Coppola. The Outsiders is a teen gang in rural Oklahoma, so p- the opposite of the Jewish Outsiders. Yes. I'd like to see the Jewish remaking of this. Maybe I'm mixing up The Outsiders with... No, because it's not coming up. I must be thinking of a different book. The Outsiders Jewish. <laughs> what yeah. did you search? I searched The Outsiders Jewish and nothing came out. <laughs> I mean, Outsiders, things came up, but Jews no novels. America. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, Keeve, you know what's interesting is that mm. we have so much to talk about yes, and so little time to do episode. it. Yes, episode. Very little time. We I'd have to do... Yeah. Yeah. Jars, we've got to do character rankings. We've got to do Kiwi's predictions for season six. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe we could have you do that during the jar if time permits, does not permit in this episode. But all right, season five, episode 22, Landing Gear, originally aired May 10th, 2016, same night as our last week's episode. Written by Lou Rocky, see him again. Mm-hmm. And executive story order editor Joe Wengert. Who is the same from the episode we loved, Return to Senator? Uh, yeah, shout out to him who organizes all his albums and listens to them in alphabetical order. So, what do you think of how we ended season five? Give us a okay. little digest. All right, this was a, this was a real uh, like uh, could have been almost the series finale. Uh, all right, so it, the whole the whole episode is in one day. Uh, it's Schmidt and Cece are getting married. Like we suspected at the end of last episode, Schmidt tries to travel, I thought, to India, but it was to Portland to get... Yeah, uh, we bad, uh, bad job by us on that. Because mm-hmm. that's... Uh, I think what, it, what confused us is Nick picks up a woman from India mm-hmm. when he goes to pick up Cece's mom from the airport. Right. So Schmidt tries to get Cece's mom to fly to come to the wedding, uh, but gets stuck on the plane. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Megan Fox, Reagan is back and uh, has some, uh, you know, will they or won't they with Nick. Uh, And then Jess at the same time is sort of, I don't know, getting jealous, but realizes she uh, is in love with Nick. Um, And yeah, there's a a lot's going on. A lot of old characters are back. It's a, it's a, doesn't have Taylor Swift like the last CC wedding, but um, this is a, this is a jam packed episode in 22. Have you seen Megan Fox's name around a lot on the internet right now? This right now specifically, no. What's she up to? Uh, so a, a woman on Love Is Blind, which mm-hmm. the general concept of Love Is Blind is you can't see the person you're dating. Yeah. And she asks a guy like, "Do you have any celebrity lookalikes?" And before he can answer, she offers her own, and she says uh, that she looks like I don't know. I think it's um, MGK's girlfriend or wife. Mm-hmm. And he's like Megan Fox, Ooga, like. He did. No, he didn't say a wooga, but it was. Oh, that would be funny if he said a wooga. His eyes went a wooga. A wooga. Um, you know, she didn't like. If you tell a man you look like Megan Fox, yeah. She she even was like, it's just people tell me that I don't agree. I don't see it. I have dark hair and light eyes, and like. You know, originally the internet exploded and was like, she looks nothing like Megan Fox. And now I think people have come back around to her of like, okay, like, if you just isolate her eyes or she she has brown hair. But, like, you tell a man who can't see you, when you see me, I'm going to look like Megan Fox. He better look like Megan Fox. Okay, so Chelsea Blackwell says she's reached out to to apologize to Megan Fox? Well, that's extreme. That's crazy. Okay, so, like, TMZ... Has a picture of both of them together. <sighs> she does not. <laughs> right. But like, 
you know when someone says you're celebrity doppelganger, you know who you kind of look like? Megan Fox. Yeah. Like, that's not a calling card to issue to men dating you. Like, and people tell me I look like Megan Fox. Like, he's not going to think you bear a minor resemblance in the eyes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Right. I was like, I said this to Ian Rosenblum. I was like, I would be like, I look like a troll under the bridge. Like, people often tell me I'm the ugliest person <laughs> they've ever seen. Set those expectations low. I Don't give out riddles I said every day on the way to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm walking to work and peeping often, people often freeze and just start saying, give me your riddles three. <laughs> uh, but it's the com the confidence man today and and if we ever do a podcast with missy about it we'll get more into it but like that she was actually in competition with a woman who does look like megan fox and so i think mm -hmm. there was a lot of like i'm gonna edge her out by saying this lie got it <laughs> um yeah i guess uh i'm on her or her instagram page now i think tmz took an unfortunate picture of her honestly social media filters are a thing that's true that's true anyway um and it, honestly it's funny you say that um because i was thinking in this episode like you got megan fox coming back you have cc's wedding uh and coach's uh girlfriend is like ludicrously good looking also this is like it is funny because like i i guess women like these guys you know jake johnson <laughs> and and um David Wayans. And, and Damon and, and Nick Jimmy. and all these guys. But, like, uh, and, and Schmidt, I meant. Oh. But, like, th it's it, this is like an all-star team they have here. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's it's the it's the Jerry Seinfeld. It's hilarious. Right. Because at least in real life. dating absolute outrageously good-looking women. At least in real life, like, Jake Johnson is ostensibly, like, rich and famous. Or at least, you know, famous. Uh, and all these guys. Uh, here they're like unemployable for the most part and like landing, <laughs> you know, uh, these, um, these women. It's kind of, it's kind of funny. It's a fair point. Although, you know, Megan Fox's dating history, depending on where you fall on, what's his name? Brian. But they're celebrities. Green. I think like any celebrity. Is he a celebrity? Bag? He was like a teen not Machine Gun Kelly. The, bad, his, bad. Oh, yeah, Brian Austin Green. Yeah. I mean, he was a celebrity he when was she a was celebrity. a child. Right. <laughs> right. But <laughs> there's something there. Someone who used to be very famous, that's like a normal person for Like, she's not going to find, like, a, um, you know, a male version of her. If I'm famous and hot and I am the, 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 the universal choice for just like name a hot person mm -hmm. or like are you hot well she's not megan fox like I, and i'm famous in my own right someone's childhood fame is not enticing to me at all like she must have really loved this guy yeah <laughs> like, listen love is like, blind i don't think i'd be interested in a has i don't mean to be mean about brian Austin green like i i don't i that wouldn't entice me now if i met somebody on a date who was like oh yeah i was like pretty famous like 20 years ago i'd be like oh that's cool like Okay. I wouldn't like be like, wow, that's hot. Uh maybe he has a great personality. I don't know. He's not a terrible looking guy. Anyway, um Allie won't make it to the wedding because she's sick from the last episode. Kind of a cop out. Like I wish uh, maybe because they needed Winston freed up to get into all of these hijinks. I think like, they just didn't have her. I think like she just wasn't available for some for some reason. But otherwise but then Winston's got no story, because like Winston's not 
he could still do pranks. He could still do pranks with like if she's like in another room or something. Yeah, or or maybe it's like they have a little tension, or, or she gets into the pranks mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, I, it'd be funny to see both of them naked in the photo booth, not in a like pervy way. Like if Allie really like leaned into the weirdness. Um, all right, that felt abrupt to me. Schmidt's missing. Nick finds out that Schmidt is missing and is trying to keep it uh, undercover with Jess and Nick. I like this callback because Nick can't lie. Nick's going to have to lie. And then he's going to have to tell 40 lies. My dream. Yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't last more than a minute or two before he, before he reveals that. that, that I think Nick does a good it. job. And it makes me laugh. He's like, Schmidt's asleep. Schmidt's asleep. Schmidt's asleep. Schmidt is asleep. <laughs> does everybody do the doesn't, don't see the bride in her wedding? It seems to be cross cultures. Yeah, I think... Well, most weddings I've been to now, they do a full photo shoot with the groom in full drag before the wedding. So they do a first look for photos, then the bridal party does all the photos, then they get married. But in the getting ready times or the let's sleep apart, I'm sleeping with my sister tonight or whatever, mm-hmm. that, that I think happens. Um, yeah. I, yeah, and, and in in uh, sort of our my circles, like the sometimes they don't even do pictures until afterwards. Meaning, like they'll stop, like there'll be another part of the wedding. Like people will eat something while the bride and groom take pictures because they didn't see each other. Yeah, beforehand. because you but you see each other before the wedding. You got to check the you do the whole. But that's like at the wedding. That's that. that's at the wedding, right? Mm, it's not I mean, day. I guess. You're, you're well, that's the the, that's like a pre-wedding event. I mean, technically, it's all part of the wedding, but you're yeah, you're not like legally, according to Jewish law, married yet. All right, um, we did end up seeing the wedding at Gavin's vineyard. Gavin does come through. Coach is back. He brings May. I like that they didn't cheap out and they brought May. She had absolutely nothing to do until she plays the cello at the ceremony, but like, I'm glad she was there. Yeah. Uh, did you like the flashback to Cece's last wedding? Did we need to be reminded about the pranks from the last wedding? I think it's like, I think it's funny. I think you do have to call back, like, if the show wants to be taken seriously, like, hey, this is the second time we've had her get married. And by the way, remember, I, I thought this wouldn't happen. I thought the dad, who ends up being a non-factor, basically, in this, in this episode, right? Yep. Uh, like, but he's fine, right? Neither, you know, good nor bad. He just comes through. He's just there. Um, I thought maybe that would get messed up. I mean, it ends up that the wedding does not happen, but n- to, due to zero fault of uh, of of uh, Schmidt's dad, other than maybe raising him poorly. But no, he does a nice thing, Schmidt. So who knows? Yeah, no, it would it would have gone off without a hitch. It would have been a very nice ceremony. Um, all right, Reagan shows up. That was a surprise to me. I mean, I knew she was going to be there, but like in my current watching brain i did not expect reagan to show up but it does i was itching to tell you that when they have that flashback scene and they're like why if they have megan fox would they use her in that like one random scene mm-hmm. i feel like that was probably filmed in this batch would it's be prob- my guess. yeah i think that's usually how it works i think like you you know especially if you have like a bigger actress or actor like you're like all right let's just film all your scenes uh right now um let's talk about how 
Jess uh, unveils last episode's news to Cece and Nick. I was a little bit surprised that she even tells Nick. I feel like we talked a lot about what Sam... I'm sorry, that she tells Cece. Talked a lot about what Sam should have done, but I think if my best friend was getting married and I got dumped the night before, I would pull, like, an alley. Like, Sam threw up last night and he's, like, so ill and he's not coming. Mm -hmm. Because I do think it pulls a little focus from your friend to have to talk to you about your breakup on her wedding day. Yeah, yeah. I think we talked about it last week, right? But, yeah, I think that's the best way to do it. Is just Well, we talked about what Sam should have done, but now we see in the beginning scene Jess telling Cece about it. Yeah, minor illness, I think, is the way to go. And then Jess tells Nick, which makes sense because – Nick actually suggests that they get one big one big lion and give Cece a sleeping pill from Dr. Sam. So Jess has to say, you know, what happened? And Nick, in a, in a very tender moment, says he's out of his mind, which is very sweet. And they decide to go to the wedding together. Yeah, wedding date. Uh, I thought they were going to give her a sleeping pill, but they end up not doing that. <laughs> well, Reagan walks in at sitcom timing in the middle of this, and they never address it again. Like, it's obvious, okay, that Nick, like, offer rescinded. Now I have a date to the wedding. And, like, whatever. They're kind of going as a group. They're the bridal party. But I, they never even have a conversation where Nick, Jess is like, Nick is like, hey, I know we said, but, uh, Reagan. Uh, like, they don't address it at all. Um, no. They, I mean, there's so much going on also in this episode. Like, think about there's, like, ten side characters back. They have to get married. Um, it is kind of crazy. Like, I'm surprised they didn't just make this whole this whole episode almost 40 minutes. Like, that it's not a double. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I did like the little bit of information. Well, produce, I'll let producer Kelly said it. This is not a question, but I love that Winston has been texting Reagan daily. Nice way to remind us that he's married, too. Like, uh, there, Winston, Jess gives an update. Winston's married. I know, he texts me every day. <laughs> I like that. Um... All right, so let's talk about Schmidt's plane. I, I don't know much about this, and I know that the planes are very strict when you're on and the boarding doors close and blah, blah, blah. But Schmidt's on a plane. The plane is on the tarmac. It cannot take off because they don't have working landing gear. And they will not let him off this plane. Kind of crazy. Like at, at a certain point, and I know there's like horror stories where people are like trapped on the plane for hours, but... They're on the plane so long that I do feel like they'd deboard the plane. They they yeah. would deplane. They have to at some point also. A for the pilots. B like there's there are pretty strict rules. They probably wouldn't have been like this all day. But it's a nice turnaround in the vibe of the plane for like a lot of drama with the seatmate next to him and mm-hmm. whatever. To uh, they're doing the conga with him at the celebration. Yeah, and everybody in the plane's rooting for him. It's funny. Yeah, but then let him off the damn plane. Yeah, it doesn't make sense why they don't. Uh, Cece's reaction when she finds out through a walkie-talkie mishap that Schmidt's on a plane, like snakes on the plane, Schmidt's on the plane. She's not really mad. It's weird because, yeah, usually it would be like, oh, this guy's an idiot. I'm having second thoughts or something. But right, there's no anger on that side. It's just played for laughs. It's true. Because, and also because his mission is so uh, noble, you know? It's noble, but... Stupid. Like, unless she says, I can't get married tomorrow until my mom's here, it's it's to an extreme decision to, like, no-show your own wedding over it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, here's something interesting to me, but probably to no one else. 
Do you know how long a flight to Portland is from L.A.? Oh, I was thinking about this. It's probably three hours. Okay, that's shocking to me because I'm so bad at geography. I'm like, oh, just to, like, get up the coast like that, what could that be, an hour flight? Like me flying to Boston. No, <laughs> totally because different. L.A., because California's so big. That's why. Two and a half hours. Huge. Yeah. So even in a world where he was taking off at 6 a.m., mm-hmm. He's not getting back by the wedding, even if he gets to, even if Cece's mother is waiting at the airport for him to have this discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy plan. No, it's terrible. Um, They do a great diversion, I think, by trying to get everyone drunk at the wedding. Uh, I I will say Brian Cohen and Emily Moses Cohen's wedding was the first one I've been to, and I think the only since, that there was champagne available for the guests as you moseyed into the ceremony. That you could drink during the ceremony. And I was like, now this is an event. That's class. Yeah, I think you mentioned that once. But yeah, like, I've, and I I've, I've, fr- I've mentioned it all over this town. <laughs> That's good. And my friend, uh, my friend Rafi's had uh, beers when you walked in. They knew it was going to be like, all right, this is going to be 20, 25 minutes. Uh, so you could yeah, see there's, there's a new trend where you have like a beer, flower girl and a beer man. They make a, a guy and a, one of the friends like come down the aisle, like giving beers out. But Oh, really? No, I think, yeah, I'll send it to you. Like it was big on TikTok. I think, uh, I think having the optional champagne was, was very nice for, for me. Um, so I liked, I liked this method. I was like, all right, well, that seems natural. People are having fun. People aren't like, oh, wow, the time's going by slow. Except maybe you who's not drinking. Uh I like that as a diversion. Um, all right. Producer Kelly says, who's the best non-core five couple? Robbie and Nadia, Coach and May, or Louise and Susan? Did We, we knew that, uh, that Robbie and Nadia were dating. There was one event where they, like, danced together. And then we were like, do we see them again? I think maybe we talked about this. But, but like, uh-huh. it's cute that they have a little callback of, like, getting yes. together at the wedding. Yeah, I like it. Uh, all right, and uh, what are the other options? Robbie and Nadia. Uh, Louise and Susan. Yeah, who are like Schmidt's mom and yeah, like mom's them. fiance mm-hmm. and Coach and May. I like all three, but um, yeah, uh, Coach and May, um, they're great. But yeah, no, I'll, I'll go. With, I'll go with Schmidt's mom and uh, Schmidt's stepmom now. Yeah, I think for me the best one that they had there was Robbie and Nadia as like a little Easter egg, like a little treat. Look at them there. That's mm-hmm. consistency. We really brought out all the friends. But Louise and Susan, I mean, that's that's the money couple. Um, Nick and Reagan, let's just talk about their whole arc here. It's so weird to me, and I know Nick is historically weird around Reagan, but, like, Nick thinks that because Reagan showed up without saying anything, and she's like, I had to be in town anyway, so I was like, I'll go with you to the wedding. That that means that she's going to be in a relationship with him long distance. I feel like he really jumps the gun yeah. on this. Yeah, he jumps he jumps to the conclusions, Matt, pretty quickly. This is uh, it's like, hey, I just like weddings or something, you know? Yeah, it's like my friend Cece, and like I did miss you. Right. He's Former like, I'm, so, I'm. He gives the Jesse Spano like, I'm so excited, I'm so scared. Mm-hmm. But Reagan meets this information with mixed to negative reviews. Uh, which I kind of would do. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like if you, it's too, it's it's like he doesn't even know her. Like, I know her better than this. She would not be into this. But um, she takes this up with Jess. And Jess 
basically pushes her into Nick's arms. Accidentally. I mean, like, on purpose, but, like, almost immediately regrets it. It's it's tough, though, because, like, I, you were more on the plane, like, even in your um, Kiwi's Digest, you were like, and just realizes she's in love with Nick. Mm-hmm. It's like, I still feel like there's this lingering, like, I just got to have a relationship. I'm feeling in this weird place. You've mentioned Nick. Now I'm thinking about Nick. But at the same time, Nick really loves Reagan. Reagan's great for him. Reagan, I can see, is interested in him. So, like, they should be together. If they're happy together, I don't I don't have my ducks in a row. Like, they right. are – they should have this. So, I think it's, like, bittersweet, but I don't think she's like, oh, shit, I can't believe I just did that. Um, That's how I read it. It's interesting. I read it I, – I read it like, oh, shit, I can't believe I did – I just did that. But mm. but I could mm. be wrong, and you have seen the show before. Um, No, I mean, I'm just – maybe I'm projecting. Like, I just think it's, like – complicated to have feelings for a friend i i don't do it but for that reason but like uh i don't think it was like as clear to her i mean yeah we debated this last week with like could you be was she in love with nick the whole time is it clear to her is it not could you kind of have feelings for somebody without really like processing it i don't know well i thought they were i actually thought the you know going into the episode that it was going to end with them together but because uh now Schmidt and Cece are getting married, it would be a lot to have, like, all right, you know, it's almost taking away from Schmidt and Cece. I do think there will be a lot more, will they, won't they? Like, are we getting Megan Fox as a regular in season six? I'm guessing no. We'll see. Um, Yeah, if if this were the series finale, I think Nick and Jess maybe have a kiss in, like, in the the little part after the wedding. Oh, yeah, right. It doesn't end up being (laughs) Megan Fox. It would be a pretty similar episode. Even maybe with the tag of Coach of uh, of uh, Winston being at the um, uh, uh, honeymoon prank, but I th- yeah I think it would be I, I think it would be Nick and Jess together. Um, but they did not. I, I assume the show had been renewed at this point by the time the season five finale is written. Not sure. They had to at least have guessed that they were gonna you know have uh, a sixth season. I mean, you tell me when you're when you're at season five of a network show. Are you pretty much like running till you want to end it unless it really takes a dive or are you still worried season to season it's not going to get renewed? Well, a show like this was very low rated. It's the it, you know, if there's some like generic like uh, you know, FBI Milwaukee show on CBS that's like the third highest rated show even though we've never heard of it. All right, fine. Like okay, when the actor in the main stars contracts run out after season 7 or something, maybe we'll call it quits. Like here I'd have to assume they were like singing for their supper every season, you know? Got That's it, got my it. guess. Um, Producer Kelly says, what do we think of the Jess-Reagan-Nick dynamic? Seems like a less traditional love triangle to me because Jess and Reagan are both so cool. That's what I mean. Like, exactly what Kelly's saying is, like, it's not the Rachel-Ross-Julie where Rachel's like, I've decided I'm in love with Ross. Ross has a girlfriend. I'm going to sabotage that relationship. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I'm allergic to this. Mm. Um, oh. Oh, no. <coughs> Once I get started sometimes. But you think this is more like a by-the-book deal? Yeah. Okay. Um, it is. A, I also like the callback when Jess is talking. It's like, we were a mess. I wanted him to have a plan for his life and not keep his money in a closet. And it's like, that was that was their big fight when she takes that box and yeah. starts paying his bills. Um, uh, yeah. 
gone. No, no, no. I, I agree. The I I I, I, well, I had a comment about the wedding. Um, Please. Uh, so eventually they get married in uh, the loft, right? And mm-hmm. there's like who's still who's still there? Give me give me the run then. I, didn't like I believe immediate friends and family. Man, coach are still there. Louise and, and Shirley are still there. Gavin's there. Her mom's there. I think like that's pretty much the crew. It's like their family. My here's my complaint. It's not about this. In, I mean, it's about this, but it just in general. Like, so Schmidt gets married with a yarmulke. They have like a co like an Indian mm-hmm. and Jewish wedding. They have a rabbi and someone like uh, uh, fr- from Cece's side performing like positions side by side. I feel like it's a lazy move for everyone in a wedding party to just, if, even if you're not normally a yarmulke wear, you're just turning it on, putting it on for the wedding, which I approve of. I feel like you should get nice wedding yarmulkes. I don't like just like slapping on the white yarmulke, you know, that you're going to take off five minutes later. You well, should have like matching the- yarmulkes or a cool, you know what I mean? Like, the white one, I don't know. To me, that's like uh, it, 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 it's it's a little tacky. I think. Yeah. Now maybe you say, okay, like this was an extremely budget wedding for them, mm-hmm. so they got like the cheapest yami option. Mm-hmm. Were they all wearing white yamis? Just Schmidt. I think just Schmidt. Maybe his dad. I don't remember. No, I think just Schmidt. Just Schmidt. That, okay. That we saw. But it's it's more of a general take. I would say that every Jewish wedding I've been to has had the branded yarmulkes. Yeah, I think for sure these days uh, you see the branded yarmulkes much more. It's, they're much easier to find and stuff. But All right. Yeah, if I you want to have a Jewish wedding that Kiwi approves of, you got to I'll sp- still approve of it, spend, but I f- I'll, just think you're ch- I'll just think you're cheaper. Yeah, yeah. you got to spend for the Yamis. How mm-hmm. much do Yamis go for? I'm not even well, sure, mom, honestly. My mom has uh, bulk pricing for Judaica, so. I don't buy – my wife – yeah. Oh, yeah. I, my wife usually buys like our yarmulkes. We also have like hundreds because I have my sons lose yarmulkes every day. Like they'll be like, get team yarmulkes. They last one day. My son, Yosef, uh, says he can't wear a yarmulke when he plays sports, which is most of the day, because the clips that you need to put in your hair will jump in, like get in his brain when he jumps because he jumps really high. He said it's a big problem. <laughs> so like the clips will dig into his skull, basically. So he can't. So he doesn't wear a yarmulke. How um, does that go over? You guys are like okay, whatever. I mean, playing sports, yeah, it's not it, that's not a big deal. He just puts it in his pocket, or actually, really holds it a lot of the time. He runs generally walking around with it in his. Now you'd uh, think having your hands full of yami would be more of a distraction from. The well, sport not when you're playing soccer. You don't really need it in yeah. your brain. Yeah. Oh, but he just likes soccer. Okay. It probably in his pocket when he plays basketball. Um, that's cool. When he goes big, he could become famous for like being the guy who carries his yarmulke. Carries his yarmulke. Yeah. There was a cute. I probably said this. I think on the pod, but there was a cute clip uh, a few months ago where uh, one of the yeshiva players' yarmulkes fell off during the play, and one of the defenders like stopped playing defense for a second. I guess he thought it was like an extremely holy item that like cannot be on the floor, like a Torah. God forbid someone drops a Torah, right? That's like a huge, huge deal. But the yarmulke is like you could just pick it up later. Uh, but he like stopped playing and and uh, and like tried to hand the guy a yarmulke back, and he like motioned just like toss it off the court. But it was very nice. Um, yeah, yarmulkes. I feel like uh, you get a yarmulke for like, like a, like a pattern one for like, I don't know, ten dollars now. I'm not sure. I really. Well, you got. They have to be cheaper than that when you're doing the bulk wedding. Oh no, no, I don't mean the bulk ones. But I'm saying like, if you're gonna walk into no, if you're gonna walk like, (laughs) if you're gonna walk, walk into a store and buy like one nice yarmulke, that's what I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I bought. I said this. Stuff. I bought. I bought the. I bought um my kids a couple like team yarmulkes, and I bought myself uh, a Mets yarmulke, and I bought um at the time your boyfriend a Mets yarmulke to give to him. Um, but uh, you're not dating him anymore, so uh, you have to find a new Mets fan so I can give a new. Yeah, a new that person. was that was two boyfriends ago, Keith. Two mind. boyfriends ago, I know. Uh, we're looking. That was what two years ago. The most recent one doesn't. I don't even think new baseball. You got to find you know a baseball <laughs> fan. Yep, that's what I have to do for sure. <laughs> be number one on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, Cece's mom arrives while Schmidt's on the plane. And we learn that Schmidt has called Cece's mom every Monday for the last year and then plays a selection of some very funny and very sincere and very cringe voice memos or voice voicemails. Why, so and she never over. picks up, but, uh, but like, never picks up, won't um ostensibly listens will not go to the wedding but then when she gets to the wedding says like i approve like a hundred percent of this match it's interesting yeah it's it's the timing is a little cute like mm-hmm. maybe after six months like whatever period where she's like open to hearing him out then they'd probably talk then she'd probably come get to know him then she'd probably get involved like yeah, but but it does it does bring a tear to the eye here that like Schmidt did this for her, and it tracks like it scans for Schmidt that he would do this. Yes, and I guess she's very conflicted, and it's like this type of thing where it's like, all right, once she accepts Schmidt as the as like um, you know uh, her partner, her husband, it's like, all right, well, once I'm in, I'm all in. I think is basically her attitude. And then it's a little bit like, if there's a criticism to be had here of Schmidt of like. Why are you waiting to the day of the wedding to like take this flight? Why didn't you manage this earlier if you wanted to manage this? And it's like, well, he thought that the voicemails were gonna work, and now out of desperation and like Cece being upset the night before about that her mom's not there, now I've got to do something drastic. Like it's not like he did nothing for a year right. and now is doing this day of. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Um. So Schmidt says, just have the party without me. Don't stall anymore. I'm stuck on this plane for the rest of my life. They'll get married at City Hall with all the, quote, immigrants and liberals and first cousins. That's what Schmidt says, right? That's no, that's I'm not quoting myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's a nice moment. They have the party just calls the prank off that she asked Winston to do. Meanwhile, he's naked in the porta potty. His suit falls into the toilet. Just being in a porta potty. I, I haven't been in a porta potty since I was a kid, and I yeah. hope to never again. Same, never again. Not my thing. Um, he ends up wearing the curtain from the photo booth. Flashes, flashes Smith over Facetime. Kind of a you. You think Curb ripped off? Yeah, I was here? just thinking. I had the same <laughs> thought. I had the same thought. I just watched that episode. Um, uh, yeah, the the Facetime flash. Uh, pretty, pretty good. Address the accusations that Chester and Av are in the hot tub together news uh, that we discussed on Renat. Yeah. And they were just like, that's the first time I'm hearing of that. I wear my trunks unless requested otherwise. I think, I, I, okay. Listen, I bl- there's no, sh- no shame. Yeah, it's no problem. They, they had felt the need to address it. Uh, no, I understand. Um... So we talked about uh, Nick and Reagan. Okay, here's something key. Because I didn't, it didn't hit me until this part of the episode. Schmidt's flight eventually takes off to Portland. And Cece's like, no. We get a full shot of Cece's dress with all this gold embellishment on it. 
Mm-hmm. Producer Kelly says, how do you feel about three episodes ago being dedicated to Cece's wedding dress and this dress being completely different? I didn't think about that. Um, and, and, no, and no mention of it. Fascinating. I think at the end when they turn it inside out and they're like dealing with it, I don't know. They're like, we could do this. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe that episode ends where it's like, and now Jess is going to build from this canvas. Like, they fixed the dress, and now Jess did the gold portion of it. But it was a bit frustrating (laughs) that we spent so much time on that for it to not bear fruit. That is weird. It's a good point. Um, All right. So, as you already mentioned, Schmidt shows up at the loft exhausted, and Nick and Coach and Winston are there to get him cleaned up, yammied up. And the loft was outfitted for a beautiful interfaith event. And I cheered up a little bit. May on the cello, which I thought was a nice touch. Very nice. And I thought it was really sweet. Sweet vows. And then they need a glass. And I absolutely love this detail. I don't think he could have stomped it. But I love that they bring out the douchebag jar for him to break. We don't see him breaking it, right? Well, they cover it up, and then he, we see him yeah. stomp on something. Yeah. It's a, I mean, yeah, that's a little series finale. It's like a beautiful moment, but uh, it's the end of the jar. But we haven't really been using the jar this season also. Well, the jar is really schmipping a douchebag, and now he's getting married. He's not a douchebag anymore kind true. of thing. Yeah, that's true. Um, Nick thanks Jess for convincing Reagan against her better judgment to date him. And he's dogging himself like, you you of all people know, I'm a weird detour you take before you find the guy you want to be with. She screams at him and says, I'm tired of you being the only person who doesn't see how incredible you are. Mm-hmm. And she's acting. like, okay. <laughs> he's like, that's weird, but whatever. <laughs> uh, we find out that Nick is going to go to New Orleans with Reagan for three months. And that'll get us through the summer break. Um, yeah, it is. I hate when I hate when this like this is usually the season premiere where they're like, oh, yeah, I just spent three months like in Italy or something. This is like calling their shot beforehand, which is a little strange. But yeah. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Kiwi, let's get to the guide here. Fra- rapid fire questions from producer Kelly. How does this wedding compare to other sitcom weddings? Huh? Uh, well, it doesn't happen, right? The initial wedding doesn't happen. There's so, so like, um, but I think it's very schmaltzy. I think this was like a, it was good schmaltz, but this was one of the schmaltzier, uh, episodes for sure. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's right. It it is schmaltzy, but I wasn't like, they, they earned it. Like they've earned the schmaltz between Cece and Schmidt. Mm -hmm. Um, how do you think this stacks up against other season finales? I almost think last episode should have been the finale, but of course the wedding needed its own episode. Uh, it's better than the, uh, Taylor Swift wedding. Um, I'm thinking of other, what it was, remind me of some pulling it up. What do you think about it as compared to last week's episode? But that one's more about Winston and Allie being in love. Yeah. And... Nick and just breaking up. I think tough to end on a breakup. Maybe with the elevator scene of him saying, like, it's Nick could have wrapped it up. But I liked this as the finale. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at the Boats episode, season three. That's not so great. The cruise. Uh, Taylor Swift was season two. And then season four, the finale was um, uh, Coaches Moving New York. And what else happens? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, Schmidt uh, gets rid of his mementos of Cece, although he soon regrets it. Schmidt admits. Oh, that's when she's hiking and he, like, that's when he proposes to her through the jar. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. 
season one is uh, Schmidt's moving out of the loft, and or oh, sorry, Nick is deciding to move in with Carolyn, and they have to go to the desert because Nick dries up the moving truck in like a panic. I would say this is like top two, top three. Yeah, top this half. is up. Yeah, this is, I think is uh, like if you include the double episode, I think it's the best finale. I think. Kelly's saying you cannot include the double episode. Okay. Well, I didn't know she's in charge. Okay, fine. Well, she, you, you, five seasons in, you don't realize she's in charge? I guess she is. I forgot. All right. Who won the episode, Keith? Ooh, this is a tough one. I think you have to give it to Schmidt. I mean, yes, he misses his own wedding, but, like, he marries Cece, looks like a great guy, gets parental approval, happily ever after. Um, you know, Cece also. And, like, she, you know doesn't miss the wedding ostensibly so you could give it to her but i think schmidt gets such a winner's edit here i think uh, i'm giving it to schmidt what do you think my only thought is that you cannot give it to schmidt i mean you make a case for it but it's like he spent his whole wedding on the freaking plane and and that was only because like the woman the, his, the mother rejected him for a year like I agree with Kelly here. Kelly says it's Nick. He nailed the best man assignment, even with the terrible speech. Well, she said insane speech. I think it was terrible. Mm -hmm. And two women are in love with him. Like, Nick walking out of here in a relationship with Reagan, and he is uncharacteristically responsible and smashes the the best man assignment. Mm -hmm. I get it. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, I get it that, that Schmidt is really the winner from the wedding perspective, but staying your entire wedding on the plane, got to give it to Nick. Edges it out for me. Mm -hmm. For me. Um, all right. We've got to do a lot of housekeeping items. We've got to yeah. do our updated character rankings. Do you have yours, Keith? Um, I don't. Let's push the character rings to the uh, beginning of the season six, episode one, uh, okay. just for time constraints. Can I ask you if... Uh, Oh, I have yours from season four. I can send those to you, so you could adjust them if you want. Okay, fine. Um, and then any boyfriend ranking? Does Sam move it all for you now that we see the end of the relationship? Uh, where did I have him? I don't have yours, so we can we could do this. To, I think yeah, you I'll have, have to yours. Look it up. Look I do it have up. mine. Yeah. I have Sam one. Spoiler: I'm keeping him one. I, 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 uh, he definitely didn't get dropped down. Like at the end of the day, he was in love with this woman. Like it's not you know he wasn't responsible about it. I think. Uh, he didn't let the relationship get too far uh, with CC, so I, 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 I don't really – I'm not going to drop S Sam down amongst these losers. Do you have an overall takeaway looking back on season five? I think it was a good season. I think the second half of season five was very strong. I hope season six – I thought maybe people were saying it starts to dip uh, you know, towards the end of the series, so we'll – you know, I'm, I'm, opt I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic uh, about season six, but I thought this was a really strong season. All think? right, and and I agree. I think the back half of the of the season, as you said, was just like hit after hit. We kept coming up here and being like, "This was a good episode. This was mm -hmm. a good episode. This was totally. a good episode." Um, predictions next week for the jar episode. If you could work on predictions for season six, or you could just fire them off because last year, last year, it probably was last year. At the end of season four, you gave predictions for season five. I okay. have those written down. Yeah. Producer Kelly flags that you were right about almost everything. And I had them written in my Google Doc all season. Nick and Jess back together. That's an asterisk. I mean, they're not mm, back together. No, it's a but no. I think that's a myth. It, it's a no, but it's like y there would be energy again. There's energy again. Definitely. Wedding season finale. Nailed it. No notes. Jess will change jobs. Now, frankly, I cannot remember. I mean, 
I think so, because she gets the job through Sam's ex at Banyan Canyon. But you meant, did you mean, like, out of the teacher career? I think I meant not teaching anymore, yeah. But okay. I, I think it's an asterisk, yes. And then you said that your hopes for the season, but not a prediction, is that Winston would find love. Hopes fulfilled, man. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So you nailed it. So we'll get some off-the-cuff TV predictions for season six, and we'll do our updated character rankings next week. Let's pull from the jar. I- I've had a change of heart, by the way. Yes, Kiwi. okay, I'm listening. I think Nick's new movie's got to come out of the jar. You think it's got to come out of the jar? Because I think the way this jar was designed was every character would get their day. If we did a substitution of Jake Johnson's movie, if we hadn't done it yet, fine. But it just wouldn't feel right to me to do a jar o- over Schmitten and Lamorne's projects if Nick's should come out of this jar. Hmm. I'm happy to cover this movie for you non-canonically. No, I don't think I have over. to. But, and I'm interested in watching it. But it's just like the design of the jar is that we'll do one now. We'll do one after season six. And then we'll end with the se- season finale of New Girl in season okay. seven. All right. All right. So let's do the jar. But I will say if, if Kelly's choice, which is also in the jar, comes out, Kelly is welcome to pick. She can pick self-reliance. Okay. All right. I have, ooh, very excited. We got to talk to Dr. Amanda because she wants to do this movie with us, Keeve. I haven't approved that with you, but I'm sure you'll be fine. Yeah. Max Greenfield, they came together. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited to watch this. Okay, so uh, tell me the synopsis, please. Uh, This is the one with, like, Amy Poehler and and all all our friends are in this. Okay. Molly owns a quaint little sweet shop. Joel works for a gigantic candy company threatening to shut her down. How they meet, fall in love, break up, and get back together. But it's Paul Rudd. It's Amy Poehler, Bill Hader, Colby Smothers. Now, it has very low ratings on IMDb, but strong critical ratings, which you don't normally see. That's random. Mm -hmm. Jason Manzoukas. Like, this is just an unbelievable click cast of They Came Together. I see. At, uh, How about this? 71% on the tomato meter, 40% audience score. Very strange. Ken Marino. Dr. Yeah. Amanda. So she's she'll join us. No, she's going to be on the pod. By request. Mine and hers. Okay, beautiful. All right. So we will be talking about... I'm very, I'm very excited, Keeve. They came together. Well, we will next week uh, all get together and uh, watch this thing. All right. If you have questions, uh, you could go... I'll put the I, in the show notes. I will put the questions link, so there will be a link to that because I am removing Instagram followers by the minute, uh, t- Twitter followers by the minute, so nobody follows me anymore. Um, and then yeah, we'll be back. We'll be talking about. I guess you should have given a prediction based on the name of the movie, but now we. I know guess what it's about. yeah, that would that would have worked. Oh well. All right, Keith. I think that's it. We'll do. We gotta go, so we won't. Uh, do any of our bits no bits all right shabbat shalom shabbat shalom every oh we didn't even mention i think on the podcast this is like running up against shabbat yeah so we got it we got to bounce all right keep talk to you soon bye see you i love you